0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Nina Mishra, who is the director of ETF Research here and also editor of the ETF Investor to discuss what else ETFs. So we're going to talk about Some of the hottest ETFs that have launched so far in 2018, there's always a lot going on in the ETF world, but this year in particular, I feel like it's kind of heated up, Nina. Seems like there's these, uh, well, maybe it's just because they're in glamorous areas Mm -hmm. suddenly Mm -hmm. and um, they're no fools. They're trying to get in where where the getting's hot and these areas are real hot. So we're going to discuss them all and we're going to launch with... The blockchain ETFs. You knew it was inevitable sure. that there would be blockchains. They can't really do crypto ETFs, <laughs> so they knew the next best thing, which is the blockchain, which is, of course, the technology that John yep. yeah, mm-hmm. is all involved there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, one of the, a couple of the. The big ones that have launched on the blockchain. So these just launched in January of 2018. So they're they're pretty darn new. Mm-hmm. And um, for investors who are interested in getting into the blockchain trade, I feel like this might be a good way of getting in there because you know you could go out and acquire all these companies and buy the individual stocks. Mm-hmm. But that's, as we know, you know, very um, expensive (laughs) and And time-consuming. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you probably won't be as diverse, obviously, as you could be in one of these ETFs as well. So this way you get just a basket. So the first one we should talk about is this Amplify um, ETF, which is Amplify Transformational Data Sharing ETF. That's the ticker BLOK that's a good ticker sure. for block <laughs> there. can't forget that mm-hmm. one. And I kind of took a look at the top 10 holdings in this one. And for those who are wondering, like, what do you get in the blockchain? You might be surprised. That's why I always tell people um, before you buy any kind of ETF, you, you need to go and investigate, like, what it's actually in, not just the the – headline title of what it is or what you think you're buying because you might be surprised at what you're actually buying. So the biggest holding in this one is Taiwan Semiconductor. Mm -hmm. It's about Mm 6.5% of the portfolio. Then you have Digital Garage, NVIDIA, Square, Overstock, IBM, GMO Internet, SBI Holdings, Intel, and Red Hat. These seem like the common names I hear talked about blockchain there's only so many companies doing it right now or at least larger companies that you know would go into something like this ETF Mm -hmm. so I feel like this kind of gives you the cross share but you know a lot of investors might not be aware that they're going to be buying IBM and Intel Mm -hmm. some of these older I, I think it's kind of funny um sorry like on an aside here but the title of this again is transformational data sharing ETF, and IBM, which has been around for like a hundred years, is in this ETF. But hey, great! You know they are involved in the blockchain technology, so that's why they're they're in this. But you should be aware while you're out, you know, looking at these as an investor. Mm-hmm. Now this ETF looks like it holds fifty-two holdings. I just gave the top ten there, mm-hmm. and. Um, What about on the expenses here? It says net expense ratio is 0.7. Is that good or bad, or is that kind of average for ETFs?
1: Yeah. Uh, First of all, thanks for having me. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so uh, investors, there has been a lot of demand for I would say there was a lot of demand, pent-up demand, maybe for these blockchain ETFs, mainly because the SEC basically said no to Bitcoin ETFs. They raised a lot of concerns about, you know, volatility, custodian and everything. So the next best thing would be blockchain ETF. Right. And uh, even... uh, There's so many harsh critics of Bitcoin. They also believe in the potential of blockchain. So that is why there was so much interest. And the first two... Uh, that you, that you mentioned with the ticker BLOK, block, yes, and BLCN, uh, they launched on January seventeenth, and uh, because there was so much you know pent up demand, they already have one fifty two million and ninety seven million okay. respectively in assets, which means that they were gathering assets at a record pace. Okay, now going to this the first one, Amplify by Amplify Shares, the ticker is. Cool, and uh, it is an actively managed ETF. Okay. So you mentioned the expense ratio is seventy basis point. Yeah. So normally niche ETFs are more expensive than plain well vanilla broad market ETFs. So this is not unusual for a niche ETF, and then. Again, actively managed ETFs are more expensive than passively managed one. So, so far, we have seen uh, four blockchain ETFs, and expense ratios have ranged from 65 basis points to 70 basis points. So, very narrow range, uh, and I do
0: not... So, I'm not... not going to use the expense ratio as my determining factor here. Right.
1: If, if you know, actively managed charge 70 basis points and the passive one charged like 20 basis points or something, then there was a case against actively managed fund. But here you're getting uh, this actively managed fund in, in a space uh, which is evolving fast. So I think that was another reason why this has been so popular, this has even been more popular than the other one uh, by Reality Shares, yeah, the that sh- BLCN that launched on the same day. Now, one thing interesting you would see in this ETF in all these four ETFs is that you will not see blockchain word in their names because the SEC told them not to use. Blockchain. Okay. That's too <laughs>
0: inflammatory? Is that what they're implying? Yeah,
1: because there, <laughs> because there were certain companies, uh, you you remember Long Island, yes. tea company, and the right blockchain company. They <laughs> These companies suddenly changed their focus and overnight they were soaring. Yeah. So the SEC wanted to avoid that.
0: Okay, yeah. so the reality shares, mm. they called theirs the NASDAQ Next Gen Economy ETF, mm-hmm. just suffice mm-hmm for all you <laughs> out there, but <laughs> I looked up I looked up to see what you know how they were managing it, and they say they use the blockchain score. Uh, yeah, they, they what is use, that? What does that mean? Do you know?
1: That's a proprietary ranking methodology. Okay. So uh, they try to figure out uh, which company will benefit most from use of blo- from uh, blockchain technology, and they rank all the companies and accordingly weight the companies okay. using using that uh, blockchain scoring method. Now this charge is sixty eight basis points in expenses and if you look at top holdings they are pretty similar in both the etfs uh, you have a lot of you know tech giants some yeah. financial giants uh, they also have some pure play blockchain companies but You know, there are not many blockchain companies, so that universe is rather limited. And that is another reason why I think the ETF uh, route is better for investors to invest in the blockchain technology. Because smaller, pure-play companies, uh, they they are very risky, they are very volatile. So instead of uh, investing in 10 of those companies... An ETF route holding 50 companies, which include uh, some of the some of the giants which have diversified revenue streams and some of the pure plays would be good.
0: So this reality shares ETF looks like it's more like evenly based. When I looked at the top 10 of the holdings, Mm -hmm. they were all between like 2 and 2.4 percent. So yeah. you're not getting a super heavy weighted yeah, on like one stock, but just so everyone knows, kind of what this one is in for those top ten holdings. There's 59 holdings in this ETF, but the top ten are Cisco, Intel, IBM, Microsoft. I feel like I'm I'm like reading from the 1990s the t- or something <laughs> the t- there. <laughs> um, and then Nvidia, Deutsche, Hitachi, SBI Holding, Overstock, and Barclays. So mm-hmm. yeah, you do get a little bit more of the banks in this one right. than you do in the transformational data sharing one, which is a lot more tech-oriented, it appears.
1: No, that's correct. And I just wanted to add that uh, we have the holdings on code pages on our website, okay. zax.com as well. So invest- if Great. investors want to look at the holdings, they can go to the code page of that particular ETF and click on the holdings to okay, good. investigate further.
0: That's good to know. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Why am I looking around and I like all of their prospectuses and all this stuff when I can just go to zax.com, which I'll do now. Okay, so those are the blockchains. We're going to keep an eye on both of those because that is a hot area and everybody wants to get in it. So this does seem like an interesting and easy way to, to benefit from yeah, this technology. Yeah, to start sure. investing mm-hmm. there. So let's switch over to the other exciting area, as always, the marijuana ETFs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we've covered on this podcast at least one time about ways to invest in the marijuana trade and just the changes that are going on in that industry but the last time we did it was about a year ago, and it was a lot harder to invest. Now, suddenly, it seems that there might be easier ways, although I don't know, Nina. It sounds like there might be some regulatory issues with some yes. of these. Yeah, sure. But the first one is like one of the crazy stories, I feel. This mm-hmm. ETF-MG alternative harvest mm-hmm. ETF, which mm-hmm. that name cracks me up, too. But this was until December of 2017 a Latin America real estate fund wasn't it <laughs> yes. and then they suddenly decided hey we're jumping on the bandwagon and they became this other marijuana fund and why don't you explain like what's going on with the ticker now too
1: yeah uh, so yes as you mentioned that it used to be a Latin America real estate fund uh, with the ticker L-A-R-E. And on December twenty sixth, they changed their focus to focus on bot stocks, bought companies with the new ticker MJX. Now, the reason for doing it using the change route is because uh, the regular process of filing from scratch and getting all the approvals and bringing it to the market takes a long time. It may take months or sometimes years, too. But the change, when you change the benchmark, that requires just a 60-day wait period. Oh. So th- this was a shortcut. So this is a
0: tricky. <laughs> this is a tricky maneuver.
1: Yeah. So this was the shortcut that they use. The and the earlier fund the Latin America real estate fund barely had any assets so just about 3 million. It okay. J- so there weren't
0: there weren't like investors who suddenly woke up like what's happening? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> Very few. Wait, investors. what do I
0: own now? <laughs> so yeah, they weren't even on the scene it sounds yeah. like. Yeah,
1: and this has got, gathered more than 385 million in assets. Why?
0: In like less than two months? Less than two months. It's been
1: very popular with investors, even though there is regulatory uncertainty. (laughs) First of all, uh, you know, 29 states and the district of... Colombia, they have legalized marijuana's medical use, and eight states now allow uh, marijuana for recreational use. But at the federal level, it is still illegal. And uh, you know Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, talked about ending the Obama era policy that that allow pot legalization by states by following a hence-off approach. So there is that uncertainty because uh, banks usually tend to follow federal guidelines. And uh, according to federal guidelines, marijuana is illegal, so they cannot deal in anything to do with marijuana. So
0: in case... case (laughs) So that might include an ETF, like we don't want to... Partner with anyone who's holding, you know,
1: investments
0: in these companies.
1: Yes. Now, this is difficult for ETFs because ETFs require independent third party custodians. Those are mainly banks which hold securities for ETFs. In this case, U.S. Bancorp. Was the custodian, oh. and there their reports that they did not inform the custodian bank <laughs> before
0: surprise <laughs>
1: before doing this. And uh, in fact, uh, there was a Bloomberg report uh, that Bank US Bank Corp is reviewing now whether they want to stick with yeah. with the new with the new fund, uh, and custodians can terminate their agreement with the ETF issuer after a notice period of about 90 days. And uh, the same report by Bloomberg also stated that at least three issuers in the past had contemplated uh, launching pot ETFs, but they could not find custodians because of this federal law. So, it's going to be interesting. We do not know what is going to happen with the CTF, but obviously investors really like the ETF. Now it is again changing its ticker. Yeah, and uh, the, the so part, it's MJ now. It's MJ now, and the the press release says the change is due to a response to market feedback, but there, there are reports that they uh, were they were run into some trademark infringement issues okay
0: (laughs) great a lot of things going on with this one but let's see what it actually holds so it has 30 holdings Mm -hmm. so it's fairly small actually Mm -hmm. but i'm not surprised by that because again how does yeah how does it find anything i'm actually kind of surprised it has that many but i feel like a lot of these are going to be international companies a lot of
1: canadian companies because um medical marijuana has been legal in Canada for the past 17, 18 years. And uh, Justin Trudeau is uh, trying to make even recreational marijuana legal by the end of this year. So that's why you see a lot of uh, uh, Canadian companies, almost half of assets are invested in Canadian companies.
0: Okay, so it's kind of like a Canadian ETF, strangely. (laughs) But you know, Last year when I was looking around at ways to invest in the marijuana trade, I mm-hmm. found a lot of these Canadian companies that mm-hmm. were doing it. But unless I had actual access to the Toronto Stock Exchange, yeah. which is where most of them trade, mm-hmm. f- also for regulatory reasons, obviously, they can't trade down here. Right. Um, I I was locked out of that. So mm. the CTF does allow me to access to a lot of these Canadian companies. Yeah,
1: that is probably the main reason for its popularity because yeah. it provided an easy way to invest uh, to investors rather than investing in Canadian companies. Directly.
0: Yeah. Um, a couple of the big holdings, just so people know, Kronos Group is the biggest holding at 8.6%. And then you have Aurora Cannabis at six point eight, Canopy Growth at five point nine, and Canomed Therapeutics at five point five.
1: Those are all Canadian companies, as you can see. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so that makes sense. I'm kind of looking down the list here. Um, I do see Alt- Altria Group is on here. They're mm-hmm. only two percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but and then Scott's Miracle Grow, the other only other. One, they actually make some of the um, soil that mm-hmm. you can use if you're growing it, you know, in California or wherever at at your home. You right. can buy Scott's uh, Miracle Grow soil mm-hmm. and stuff that's for that industry. But that's only two percent of the portfolio as well. But I know that a lot of people have been buying that stock to try to get away in here. That ticker is SMG, in case anyone's wondering. Um, okay, well, this is definitely an interesting one because if they can, you know, stay in business here. Yes, if,
1: they, if somehow they manage to convince the yeah. custodian yeah. or find another custodian, if US Bank right. refuses, then it will be around. Otherwise, we do not know. <laughs> right,
0: um, yeah, so definitely one that we're going to keep watching. Now, another way you suggested... Um, of maybe getting into these same similar types of stocks, but plus other vices, we should call them, because Mm -hmm. this is the vice ETF, ticker is ACT. Mm -hmm. This one owns several of the vices, including the cannabis pot, but it also has alcohol and tobacco. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people consider these types of ETFs with these vice kind of plays to be... um, Kind of countercyclical, like okay, so. In bad times, like these stocks tend to outperform. Mm-hmm. Although in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, that wasn't actually the case. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then, everything was bad. Mm-hmm. But in in regular downturns, yeah, like we still want the vices, <laughs> so <laughs> we're still willing to um, scrimp and save and put them in the budget to get these. So yeah, a lot of people see this as kind of a um, recessionary play, so to speak, yes. you might say. But this this ETF is um, launched by Advisor Shares, is that right?
1: Yes, that's this is also an actively managed uh, ETF, and uh, exposure to marijuana is just about twenty percent. Tobacco okay. is uh, alcohol is the biggest chunk, almost fifty percent. Uh, tobacco is thirty two percent.
0: Okay, so I, I looked at down their list of what their holdings are it looks like they hold about the same is that right about 30 holdings or so yeah and um yeah i see the kind of the usual names on the alcohol side like Mm -hmm. anheuser-busch heineken molson is on here ambev constellation brands is the second largest holding and that's six percent and um Scott's Miracle-Gro is also, is of course, good? on here, <laughs> yeah. um, as well as um, looks like Altria Group, too. You're getting that one. But why is ABV the largest holding, 6.8%? Yeah. Is that is something to do with sure, the cannabis side, like the medical marijuana
1: side? Maybe they maybe? have some research. They must on research group on cannabis because that's uh, a that's an interesting that's, yeah, one. Yeah, that's neither. Avid is
0: on here too, but they're only two percent. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that's all interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who want to put like in their own pot ETFs, like companies that are like food companies, you know, because that's where you go (laughs) when you are using the product. So a lot of people want to put restaurants or something in ETFs. I could see maybe some ETF companies trying to go that route maybe eventually in order to find more names. Although, like I said, I am surprised that a lot of these ETFs are able to find, you know, at least 20 to 30 of these companies now. So yeah. maybe and, they won't even need to go to the restaurants. Right. <laughs> um, but like Dave & Buster's is on here, but that's a vice, I hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's this is an interesting area. And that ticker again is ACT ACT. So that's easy. And I see the expenses because you said this was actively managed is a 0.75 here yeah, for which this is, one.
1: Which is very usual for that kind. Of, it's in the usual range for actively managed eating.
0: Yeah. Those pot ones are about the same too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what you're going to get if you're getting into these more niche ones, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the fangs now, even though, you know, that term has been around for a while now. And originally it was, well, I don't even know. What was it originally? It was Facebook... Was it yeah, Apple or it Amazon? Was, was I don't Apple. even know who the A is, or is it Alphabet now? But that's the G original it was G, Apple, right? Uh, it was Apple yeah,
1: initially, if I remember correctly. Okay.
0: Um, mm. um, and then N was Netflix originally, right? Yeah, and okay. Then yeah, and now people have extended the fang to put their other favorites who have these letters <laughs> in there, yep. including Amazon and N. Many times is now Nvidia, which is hot. Mm. Um, the Google is now Alphabet, but mm-hmm. they still use that as the G. No one else has come in to be another G, have they? No, no. there's no other no. G's. Sorry, <laughs> um, but some of these new Fang ETFs have now launched. But I'm intrigued by them because they're triple leveraged now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the normal Fang isn't exciting enough anymore. We got a we got a triple leverage um And um, the first one is the positive one, the BMO. These are Rex Micro Sectors, FANG Index, three-time leveraged ETF, FNGU, which is pretty easy to remember because I always remember it is basically FANG up, like Mm -hmm. gaining. So FNGU, and what this holds is um, a little expanded of the normal FANG that we just talked about, but it's all your favorites. So it's Twitter, Facebook, Baidu, Google, slash Alphabet, Tesla, Netflix, NVIDIA, Amazon, Alibaba, and Apple. So that's a pretty juicy grouping right there. And I think, aren't they all like 10% each in the portfolio? So they're Mm -hmm. evenly parsed. So if you ever wanted to buy all of them and then get triple leverage Mm -hmm. (laughs) and go for the gusto, I mean, if you're going to buy them, why not, right? Why not go for it? Then this seems like the one for you. But like, how is this one doing? seems like it it should be doing well, but then it kind of seemingly launched right when this pullback has happened.
1: Yeah, so they both of them launched on the same day on the first 22nd of January, and at that time, you know, investors, people were talking about why an inverse triple leverage inverse FANG ETF. Who is going to invest in an inverse yes, triple I leverage Yes, I saw that. So okay, yes.
0: Yeah, so the inverse of one, just so you know, is FNGD yes. is the ticker. Same holding. Things, but it's triple down I did think that Nina when it launched I saw these headlines oh these triples are launching and I did say like who's crazy enough to buy the triple leverage down right now because everything was soaring at the time they launched everything's hitting new highs everyone was super bullish but I did think like hmm you know whoever's Just, in that and then we had the pullback yes. so then they look like geniuses
1: right right
0: um, so I don't know are they like I, yes. I still don't think anyone's really in the the triple down leverage are they?
1: People are. So because uh, you know uh, we saw the sell off uh, in the market. Uh, so it seems uh, that FNGD the down one uh, leverage inverse is uh, a little bit more popular than the up one. Both have about uh, between 45 to 55 million in assets okay. under management which is That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Which is pretty good. And uh, since uh, inception FNGU is down about 8.5 percent. Okay. And whereas the Uh, inverse one, uh, FNGD, is up just about 3.3%. So this is, uh, you know, um, important for investors to understand that these uh, inverse and leveraged ETFs, they aim to get their, uh, you know, uh, three times uh, uh, return of that index um, on a daily basis. So if you hold it or hold a fund for more than one day, the performance can be very different from its stated object because of the daily reset.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important to tell people. These are not like, I'm going to go buy and hold this, Mm -hmm. and if we have a big stock market crash, I'll get rich, Mm -hmm. because that's not how it works. Yeah,
1: that's not how it works, because the down one is up only 3.3%, and those who who were holding the triple... Up uh, one, they have already lost eight point five percent. Though you would think it's the same index and same three times, but it doesn't work that way. Another thing. So are
0: these good for just traders to own then? Like, so long-term investors, these aren't for you. But if you want to trade these every day and you're trading the moves in this group of stacks, yes, then this is for you.
1: Yeah, if you really you really love them or really hate them too much, (laughs) then yeah, okay, go for them. But remember, they are for very short-term holding or trading purpose only. Another thing to remember here is that these are structured as notes. These are both ETNs. So they don't actually hold anything. It's uh, an ETN is just uh, unsecured debt issued by the issuer, which in this case is uh, BMO. Uh, So there is great risk if something happens to Bank of Montreal you can lose money and that actually happened with etns during the financial crisis and then there is call risks too which happened recently in case of one volatility etn yeah. uh because issuers they have that uh, call clause if something something happens with the note and they do, they are not interested in you know going further with it, with it then they can call back the security. Okay, those
0: are all really good things to keep in mind. So
1: those things
0: investors should remember
1: and also just hold them for a very short period of time, if at all. Yeah, I feel
0: like I'm going to be watching both of these for basically to determine market sentiment, strangely enough. Like as more, if there's high volume in (laughs) the triple down or the triple up, Mm. like you can tell a lot by what traders are thinking by watching this one, just FYI. Yeah, um, I'm going to be watching it for that reason. But yeah, I feel like these are interesting um, little vehicles for certain types of people, mm-hmm. not for everybody.
1: Yeah, traders and sophisticated investors. Um, talking about the index, uh, which track, which these two ETNs track the the NYSE um, index, Fang index. Uh, if you go to the indexes website, you can see that uh, the performance the, uh, of these uh, stocks since 2014 has been amazing. Yeah, They handily beat the broader market, even the S&P Technology Index and the Nasdaq 100 Index. So the, the, the investors, they really loved uh, FANG stocks. So that yeah. is why they have been able to, you know, gather assets at such a fast pace.
0: Yeah. For sure, I know because I was paying attention to it when Mm -hmm. it launched, even. And I'm not even gonna like be trading it or anything. And I was still (laughs) like,
1: ooh, too risky. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, for me too. (laughs) Um, Okay, so a lot of good ideas on today's show. If you're interested in any of these hot areas, these are some ways to get in it when you don't want to buy the individual stocks or don't have access to buy them, as we've been mentioning. So let me just recap some of the tickers here. So you have those. So the blockchain ETFs were BLOK and BLCN. And then you had the cannabis, which is now MJ. Remember that, MJ. And the Vice one, which has some cannabis in it, at ACT. And then you have these ETNs that are the triples on the fangs. FNGU and FNGD. So yeah, we're going to be watching all these for the rest of this year, and plus, of course, there'll be more. There'll be more coming out, um, I'm sure. Sure. And especially for some way or some reason, this cannabis. Um, ETF, The MJ manages to stand up to either their custodian or like that all works itself out and the regulatory issues, Mm -hmm. then I feel like others are going to pile into that area for sure. So more will be going on with that. So we're going to track all of this and um, be sure to subscribe here on Zach's Market Edge on iTunes or on SoundCloud so that you get all of our episodes. So you're up to date on everything going on on ETFs and stocks and everything in the stock market because we cover it here every week and um, we'll be back again next time with more interesting investment ideas. See you then.